0: Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love. Break them apart. To find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here for a brief intro tonight before our very special episode. Um, So if you guys are here with us, we hope you enjoy the time you spend listening to our show. And we would like to ask you for a small favor. If you could be so kind, please take a second Leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. That helps us out enormously, helps us find new people to bring into to the alchemist food. Um, so thank you in advance for that, guys. Uh, it only takes a second, a quick five star and maybe a sentence about what you like about the show. You don't even have to be that honest. Just say that we blow your minds constantly, and that would be great. Um, you can find us on all the social media you're on. Uh, we like Instagram. That's film Al- at film alchemist pod. Yeah, that's it. they do ats. Uh, at on Twitter we are at film underscore alchemist. So you can find us there. Get a hold of us. We love communicating with you guys. We also have uh, Facebook. All the other cool socials that the the youngsters are doing. Also, you can see our faces as well as hear our voices on our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. We also have an email. Uh, film alchemist at gmail.com where you can reach out to the show, give us your ideas for uh, movies you'd like to see covered new old themes, guest hosts, double features, anything like that. As you guys know, every December we stuff your stockings, um, where we do all listeners selection month. So now's a great time to get in early, get in strong, because we only have time for X amount, so we pick our favorites of the ones that you listeners suggest. So philmalchemistpod at gmail.com is a great way to get a hold of us for that. All right, guys, without further ado, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. This is was a horribly maligned Halloween movie, sequel, horror movie in general. That is now, I think, with proper time and distance, really found a cult audience. A lot of people now further out have had time to separate this movie um, from the story of Michael Myers and uh, the the Strode oeuvre. And just kind of appreciate it for this weird little gem that it is. Um, so we're joined tonight by our returning friend, Rob Parhe of Deer Hunter fame. The Deer Hunter, that's the band he plays in. Very awesome band. Even more awesome guy. Uh, if you haven't already, he was on our show previous uh, last week doing House of a Thousand Corpses. We love Rob. You will notice that halfway through the show, Rob got taken out by the Druids. We hope he's okay in fighting his way out of the mask factory. But yeah, power went out. Stonehenge lighting. Masks were melting all around him. Uh, but Rob's a very crafty man. I bet he got out okay. And I bet you can still see him and the deer hunter doing their thing. So find them online. Please enjoy the show tonight. And guys, if if you're still on the fence, hopefully we'll help push you over to Team Season of the Witch. Enjoy.
1: This movie is awesome, by the way. I do not understand why people hate this movie. It's, I do. It's <laughs> shocking. <laughs> <my head. laughs>
0: I just have to admit, I threw some stones. No. <laughs> you know what's weird about this movie? I remember hating it when I was young.
1: Is it because it's Michael Myers' list? I, en-
2: I enjoy it, I find it entertaining. With that being said, when I watched it the other day, I was like, this is so bad. I can't even believe I'm watching this. <laughs> I, I st- I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times, probably 10, 15 times, just because I'm a rewatcher and Halloween's My Favorite Franchise. I couldn't tell you the name of a single fucking character in this movie, still. I still have no idea. Don't know the actor's names. Don't know the
0: character's <laughs> I just know name. O'Connell, or maybe that's not even his name. I don't. Remember.
1: That's not his name. It's
0: like Mr. O'Connell built the town. Whatever that fucking innkeeper says like five times. It's uh. And then you have got the men in gray, and yeah, that's about all.
1: Yeah, that's it. I just know the. I just know the men in gray. That's the. I didn't even know that's what you're supposed to. But call See, them. that's what's like...
0: so weird is because I remember being a kid and I was one of those. You you take hard stands when you're younger, right? Where you're, like, defining your personality by what you like and especially by what you hate. (laughs) And so I was like, sweet, I hate Star Trek. That's a point in my column. Cool, I'll hate Season of the Witch. But as I got older, there is a real weirdness about this film that just kind of leaps off the screen at this age. That I absolutely love this fucking movie. (laughs) Like, unabashedly, I'm not trying. Because one of the things that's happened to this movie, too, is it's gotten that last drive-in bump uh, from Joe Bob. More particularly, Darcy the Male Girl, where now everyone's like, it's the cool thing to jump on the season of The Witch bandwagon, which I'm totally down for it. Because this is the thing, I do wonder this movie has a really cool premise exceptionally good gore effects, right? What happened if this movie just came out as like a made for TV movie in like the same year? We'd be talking about it like, look at what they achieved. <laughs> I think that's, that's my alternate Druid universe for what could have happened with this movie.
2: I'm, I'm with you that I love the weirdness of it. It definitely, like I said, I enjoy it. I think it's a really entertaining movie. If, if I'm being totally objective though, like just absolutely objective. It, dude. It's, it's no good and I, would argue, I, would, I would argue though too I think part of the, part of the reason it's, it's become so weirdly endearing is because it is a non-canonical as far as Michael Myers is concerned Halloween movie I would argue if it was another Michael Myers film and it was as equally objectively poor it would be just so shit on so much more shit on
0: yes in my opinion there's a thing that's happened too right there's this great book that came out Grady Hendrix I think wrote it it was called Paperbacks from Hell right and he essentially went through and he talked about how he had this you know collection hobby of he'd go out and find these weird paperback books right there was this whole surge after you know The Exorcist and The Omen uh, hit right there like these big three books that hit Rosemary's Baby and shit and then they started doing all of these crazy horror paperbacks right And they have the Mm -hmm. weirdest fucking covers. And the example he talks about is there is this one where a Nazi scientist escaped and ran a castle that became like a bed and breakfast. And he was inventing like a race of like Nazi gnomes, like little people gnomes, like David the Gnome from Nickelodeon, but a Nazi. And the cover for it's amazing. You're like, holy shit. You're like, I got it. So every book in there, I'm always scouring to find these things now because it's just one of those. You're like Nazi gnomes. okay, like that's weird enough i'll fucks with that and that's what this movie is to me so you're telling me there's a guy who wants to destroy the world because like alfred would say right he just wants to watch the world burn but his method of attack is terrible jingles and basic bitch halloween mask (laughs) and he invents like robotrons and it's it's fucking insane they literally just gloss over this right it's one of those lovecraft things right where he's like a monster that defies your own eyes. Trust me, it's scary. That's how Lovecraft describes every monster in his writing. Oh boy, you would have shit if you saw that thing. That's every description, right? There's a scene when he just goes, that's it. That's the real Stonehenge. You never would imagine what it took to get that over here. And we just gloss right past that. And that's the kind of weirdness they set up is the baseline for this movie.
2: And that's like, in rewatching it, I was I was genuinely thinking if I was giving a full, all spoilers, just brief rundown of this movie to people, it's like wh- what? What if someone told no. me what this movie was about mm-hmm. and filled in those details? It's like, yeah, a guy he so he found a mask factory. Oh, also he used to make practical joke things for some reason. Um, but so. Uh, He founded it in a town, and everyone in the town is Irish except for him, even though it's an Irish company. That's a thing they make it a point to tell you. Um, And then he's able to harness a power that somehow is in Stonehenge because they brought Stonehenge in. That's also not Irish, but it's fine. Um, And then it makes makes lasers happen either uh, inside of a mask or directly to a woman's face, and it turns heads into bugs and snakes yes i would that's like, the
0: long-winded one right what you what could say you is imagine indiana jones <laughs> 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 except if the ark no. of the covenant was stonehenge <laughs> and the nazis were celtic druids that's like that's what this movie is really right there's just it's do not they
2: even mention the druids do they do any of that i thought it was just like we've got stonehenge it's got powers well they Later. talk
0: about the ritual of sam or he says it really weird oh. in this movie right like Sam. Saim, right? Instead of Sam Hine or whatever it is. But yeah, he talks about there used to be rituals. The hills ran red with blood. Also, you know, this will be a great laugh for me. So it is like this really weird kind of setup. But yeah, it's because the Stonehenge was linked to druid magic, they think. I don't know. So I could be filling some of those gaps in. Because whereas Indiana Jones went on this world, you know, hopping adventure, we spend all this time in a shitty motel, right? Just banging a mourner. But it's a, it's a, but this is what I mean though. I appreciate the fact that this film, (laughs) cause this is the thing. If I had to pinpoint something that is maybe part of some of the rough edges, there's a scene early on when the, the escapee, whoever this guy is, who's fleeing for his life, right? Yeah. He's in the bed. He's finally resting. The man in gray is always in the background, right? So they do Michael Myers in a suit in this movie a lot early, right? He like steps into the four of the frame suit, whatever. There's a really weird shot in there when we're like, oh, he's coming to get the guy. And the camera's just holding on his, like, shoes to his dick. And it's almost as if they cut the audio of action. And then he just starts walking. I was like, just start on the step. Like, start with some action. Like, don't freeze on the dick shot. Like, you can literally tell he just started the cut, like, half a second too late. And I was like, so there's some rough, rough direction going on at times. But again, I think... What I like about it, I like I like some of the bigger themes, right? I like this weird mix of the weaponizing of technology and magic, right? Because like you said earlier, when that uh, Karen's reading her Walmart Fabio book in bed or whatever's happening, right? <laughs> She's somehow like, oh, I better hack these circuits, right? With like her hairpin. Like, I don't know what the fuck she was even trying to accomplish.
2: Right? What's uh, the end goal there? Yeah, I was
0: like, what are you thinking? But a fucking laser just hits her face and well that's also funny because we cut away to the fucking it's like what was that who cares i know we're here for a mystery but right now i'm all about wap and so he cut back to karen right and this is one of those scenes i'm like this is why this movie's awesome because now her face is fucking melted and it's so cool and a cricket just comes out of her mouth and you're like they have cricket lasers and again just the fact that i said they have cricket lasers that's enough for me I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man.
1: I think that's what's so great about this movie. Like, it does feel like feels like a 10-year-old like wrote a run on sentence of what he thinks a great like science fiction horror movie would be. And that's what Season of the Witch is. And that's why I enjoy it so much. It's insane on multiple levels. And I think that's kind of the charm. And again, like, I kind of agree. Like, I think if this had not – I feel like it only suffers – it would be one of these great cult classics. I mean, it it is. But it would be one of those movies that would never have had, like, the detractors it had had it not come with Halloween as the main title. like. This could absolutely be one of this is absolutely one of those drive-in movies, like one thousand percent. Well,
0: also they totally hamstring themselves by constantly showing us Halloween on TV, and they're yeah, like right. the undying classic, and it's like, bitch, quiet. Not a. We're trying idea. to do something yeah. else here, like <laughs> a little heavy-handed. Though. Yeah, all yeah,
1: right, a little much. But <laughs> it, it is just like, like kind of bananas, really entertaining, like the entire way through, because you're just like, what ride am I on right now? Yeah. I love that,
0: but that's that's what I mean though. It's it's just this weird mix of things that are because it, it's not that it doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> but it's it's one of those things no. that every time someone makes a decision, you're like, in this world, yeah, like that. Makes, like <laughs> you know I mean? like the scene that's great is when he's just uh, so he's just like at the bar, right, by himself, getting hammered as doctors do. Right. And uh, this Gotta girl's like, hey, I was told I could find you here, right? Okay. <laughs> and he just – one of the very next things we see, right, he's doing, like, some low-key detective stuff inside of a Halloween store. My pa was here in his ledger, blah, blah. The very next sure. shot is him with a six-pack on top of a payphone. He's like, it's a fucking doctor convention. I don't remember the hotel. I can't hang out with my kids. I can't get out of it. Bye. And then he runs gleefully to the car
2: with this california girl (laughs) so that whole that whole scene is so funny to me because so one the thing the thing where he says or i'm sorry she says yeah my father kept excellent records right and then she just reads what's basically his calendar it, it, it wasn't There were no records it was just like I had to do this on this day I had to do this on this and then everything else was her going yeah I checked but him gleefully running to the car with the six pack and then the brief scene we see of them in the car together was meant to be all of the tension developed that we needed for them to start boning which is like that came out of nowhere it was just like (laughs) what the fuck you even talking about and then i was i was watching this with my friend and she she, she was like she like the the girl comes out in lingerie and my friend was like she packed that
0: (laughs) (laughs) well they even said right the guys like you guys packed really light she only had that little tiny thing Right, but this gets to a theory I have in the movie. I, I, the lingerie is actually a key piece of evidence to me. (laughs) I I truly
1: love the forethought, though, of like, hey, I might get down. You never know, and like,
0: because that was the second fuck, right? That was the second time the reload when he's like, I got to go (laughs) share a bottle with a creepy old man who promised me he wasn't diseased.
2: Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, right. He's like, I ain't
0: got no diseases, and the doctor is like. (laughs) <laughs> seems sound this seems legit please ramble old man <laughs> but then he gets back and she has the ninety, right because what the first banging scene is so strange because it reminded me of the fog right he picks up jamie lee curtis they right. go to his house the very next thing we see after they've done like two jokes where he's like yeah i am crazy i do kill people is them fucking like they're just laying there having cigarettes after they bang right And you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy's got, like, some alpha butch mustache power. This movie does that, too, except it's way weirder because they get to the motel. And she's like – or he says something along the lines of, I checked the ledger. Your father was here. And she's like, oh, my God, we got to go. Like, this is a hot lead. He's like, or
2: we lay low and fuck. (laughs) No, it's it's weirder than that. So the only – the only, And this is literally the only line in the movie. This is the only thing in the movie that implies any version of sexual tension. Because this is all two best friends on a caper up until this oh, point. Oh, that's right. Where he's like, he's like, maybe I just get my own room. And she's like, yeah, that might look a little weird. Because they're pretending to be a, a, a married couple. Right. And he goes, well, I could, I could sleep in the car. It'll be better than the floor anyway. And she goes, where do you want to sleep, doctor whatever? <laughs> and then he, he kind of goes what a dumb question rare (laughs) that was it though that was the entirety of the tension and the build-up right to what became i'm sure a very memorable evening yeah well there's like a
0: brief (laughs) second where you're like did he just want road beers because he's an alcoholic or like did he know the whole time you know what i mean was he fueling up the engine yeah as it were but it's like
1: did he know what was gonna happen
0: yeah because i'm like dude you already abandoned your kids like you're here like solving a mystery <laughs> and he just immediately seems so wildly uninterested because this is a guy that who just kind of- saw a man come into his hospital gripping a halloween mask and then saw another guy light himself on fucking fire and explode his car and he's like i just want to beat some cheeks like this mystery (laughs) stuff is just not my favorite
2: (laughs) and you're like in this world maybe that's the other really funny part of the movie (laughs) that you don't i i mean you notice it because it's so blatant but you don't you don't really put it all together but he's a piece of shit like he's he's an absolute piece of shit he's a horrendous human being he's
0: a garbage person
2: He's an alcoholic. He's lying to his ex-wife about what he's doing. He's <laughs> intentionally avoiding his kids. He's for some reason putting detective work on someone that works at the morgue that he, I guess, used to sleep with. That he also used track. to
0: do the old six-pack delight on,
2: for sure. But he's like, he's like calling her for weird shit. He's like, look into this, and she's like, I don't know. I have to. It's not my job. Like it, it... <laughs> this could be tampering
0: just... <laughs> with a major crime. Remember that thing I did with my mustache? All right, all right, I'll break the law for you. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, God. it's that's. I think they have to do that though, right? They have to make him the worst guy because at the end of the movie, we're like, oh fuck, his kid's head got melted. That sucks. So like, he has to be so despicable that at the end, we don't mind his kids getting murdered. <laughs> Just two kids who wanted a dad. You're like, maybe they were a bit ungrateful when he bought them those like liquor store masks. You know, he's just like buying one of those like pints. He's like, I'll keep this low key. And then he's like, well, better get something for those asshole kids. I want to abandon. (laughs) But yeah, they really do a lot to make him the absolute worst person, because that's the other thing that doesn't jump out at you when you're young. You're just like, he's a doctor and he got laid like he's clearly a hero. Right, like that's how I used to think of him. I was like, he defeated a robot in hand-to-hand combat. Like he is a good man. And then you're it, our age, and you're like, oh boy, oh boy. It,
2: it didn't even jump out at me the other day. I care so little about these <laughs> characters that it's just like I don't, I don't care what he's doing. He just makes strange decisions, and I'm like, hey, fuck this guy, whatever he wants to do. But that's how I feel about everyone in the movie. Which is maybe why I enjoy it, is there's no emotional investment whatsoever. <laughs> well, it does
0: make you say, maybe the Druid should have come for us earlier. <laughs> if this is the best we have to offer as a society. <laughs> <laughs> they also have one of my favorite things, too. Like, if we're just talking about weird background actors, I love the firefighter. When he's calling his wife and he's like, I just saw something. I can't. I can't come. She's like, yeah, yeah, I know the trick. You're, you're doing the six pack thing again. And he's like, no, for real. And there's a firefighter who has his arm on the fridge and literally just keeps going and shaking his head to the side and raising his hand up like preach, brother. And I was like, why is that guy in the shot? That gets back to like the directing thing. <laughs> but, but, but it's I see that's the thing because I I, the characters could have been stronger per se. But by the time you get to like the, the less evil Willy Wonka factory. It's fine, cause then we're doing kind of the game, right? You're doing the, there are all these fucking men in gray, and they're fighting all these other like kind of humanoid things with mustaches, and you know it's it's cool, it's fun, it's wild. <laughs> what did you make it's of great. the factory, Alex?
1: Oh man, the factory is like one of my all time favorite set pieces. It's so like, good. <laughs> there's something about that that's so charmingly horrifying. Yeah. Like. Because honestly, I actually think it's it makes Willy Wonka's factory look actually like a chocolate factory rather than murder town, because I've always assumed like no one leaves the chocolate factory in Charlie. At least here you can see the exits clearly marked like
0: I mean, they killed one child. Willy Wonka killed what, four or five?
1: Probably more. Like he's when like, really congrats, think about it. poor how many Charlie, times, you survived
0: the Hunger Games.
1: <laughs> how many times do you think Willy Wonka actually did the golden ticket contest that we weren't privy to? Like oh, That had shit. to have been like version seven,
0: right? He's essentially like, like a, a fucking alleyway flasher. He just opens his yeah, coat and he's much. like, here's a golden ticket, baby.
1: <laughs> again, this seems so, le- so much less dangerous than Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, again, mainly because... You can see the exits. There's daylight coming in. I'm not worried about anyone leaving this building. Fuck. This is... Okay, this is crazy. The Druids... The Druids at Stonehenge heard us, actually. Um, <laughs> Rob... Jo- <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, Griff, but, like, from your end, in- can you... Like, Rob's frozen, so...
0: Yeah. Well, no, because I, text- I actually thought that Rob was just so engrossed in my comedic... <laughs> uh presentation that he was just listening and hanging on my every word little did i you know i've suspected for a long time that greater powers at work were on to us because we were on to them and that they would come for us i just i'm sad that they got rob first so yeah rob's power was taken out by a Stonehengean uh accident we did message him guys because we wanted to bring rob back he is unable to go tonight and has no more time, as he is a touring musician. Man, he's got a busy life. So he's sadly, cool. we will have to forge on through the the Silver Shamrock Factory alone. Wait, wait!
1: I just got another text from him. He said they found a woman with her eyeballs lasered out. Fuck. Who lives? Beneath, I think. Oh, it's true. This is what happens.
0: Thirty-two days till Halloween. Halloween. Thirty-two <laughs> days to <till> Halloween. <laughs> Fuck, man, that no. sucks uh, that we lost Rob, um, but, you know, the show must go on. As indeed. we're doing a show every day this month, we don't have a lot of time here, but... Fuck, man. Druids! I'm just saying this, you don't have a big enough mask for my fucking head. If you come for the Griff household, you better bring more than those wimpy-ass men in gray.
1: <laughs> That's fucking nuts, man. Uh, Yeah, so... <laughs> I guess I'll just pick up where I left off in saying that that yeah. factory looked way less threatening. Uh it looked far more threatening than the Wonka factory. Was that what I was trying to say? I'm so thrown I off. I think this you were crazy.
0: saying that and I was refuting with, "Well, Willy Wonka killed more children and probably used them as ingredients in his candy." Oh, for sure. Now this one
1: Everlasting Gobstoppers <laughs> are probably just made of children's kidneys.
0: <laughs> ah, I never thought to suck on them before. Oh, great. No, uh <laughs> Yeah, I would say Silver Shamrock, though, by the end of this movie, probably brought the body count up to a Wonka-like, respectable level. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about the Silver Shamrock setup, though, because I actually love the way they deploy Silver Shamrock in this movie. (laughs) Again, I don't think the men in gray are necessarily... uh, I think they could have cast a little better, right? But the fact that they all kind of look like extras... In like Wall Street, like yeah. you know the guys at Wall Street are, that aren't like getting laid, but they're like you know in accounting. No, no, no. They
1: all look like uh, they all look like floor traders. That's what they look like. Like none of them look like they actually are doing cool like Wolf of Wall Street stuff. <laughs> they all look like those guys on the floor like in Ferris Bueller, who're like <laughs> that kind of thing yeah. with their fingers. Yeah. yeah.
0: Don't these people know I was varsity? No, like those kind of guys. Yeah. Um, but, but those guys are awesome. They're very nefarious. Again, they're they're kind of playing this Michael Myers like menace. But there's, they're really very cool in this film, right? One, just awesome kills, right? So we see a head rip. The scene when they poke uh, our runaway's eyes out and then lift Ooh. the bridge of his nose. Yep. Haunting. Absolutely Horrifying. haunting, right? And the thing that is really cool about them, right? Because I was thinking about this in the context of the Halloween series, they do this all very straight faced, no emotion. No, and it's very Michael Myers like. But when you yes. see a human face doing it, it's actually really terrifying, right? Like even the oh, guy no, who it's... gets smashed by the car and just goes, "Oh," he looks like the thing out in front of a used car lot, right? Oh, and then he falls. Well, down. That was the
1: weirder thing too. Is yeah, his reaction was literally like, "Oh, oh. right," like it was such this when like muted nothing, sort but of... that
0: made it extra creepy. Man, I had a yeah. friend who got hit by a car. And it's always been one of my, like, wild, horrible nightmare fears now. And watching that guy not react, it really lets you know early on, oh, fuck, what is this? And so that's a really cool thing because another thing this movie plays on, right, and what they use, Shamrock, I think it's really clever, right? I don't want to say it's tongue-in-cheek, per se, because it's very much on Front Street. But So you take Michael Myers out, right, but this theme of Mask – being the element with which you build this movie off of is mm-hmm. a really fascinating choice. I dug that idea of Halloween as this anthology now, but using the mask is the bridge, right? This what is human and what isn't. I mean,
1: yeah, I like that kind of carrying over of iconography like that. Michael Myers mask is so famous, but so is like every other ver- version of a mask. Halloween. Masks are iconic. I like that a lot. And I think that's the thing that I enjoyed the most about this movie and why I say like it can totally exist on its own. There's absolutely nothing about it that isn't without the ability to be its own movie. And I wish that if had it literally just been called Season of the Witch or like the like Masks of Stonehenge or some (laughs) other stupid fucking (laughs) title, it would be it would. It's I mean, like you said, It's perfect last drive-in fodder it's perfect just like this this would have been an absolute
0: like runaway cult hit now and that's the thing i would say it is now like now we've gotten to the point where it's so long ago and people aren't mad right Right. because everyone forgets they did a friday the 13th movie without jason right yes technically right we still had a big bruiser killer but that wasn't jason Voorhees, right no Learn to – even the first one, that wasn't Jason Voorhees, right? It plays the same. Technically not
1: Jason Voorhees.
0: Yeah, it plays the same. And I would argue this plays the same, right? It's the shapeless menace yeah. coming to take There's... something that we find solace in. It's kind of one of the fun things when uh, O'Doyle or whatever his name is, right? O'Doul's – I forget his Irish name. I can't Neither remember. Neither of which are his names. Mr. of. I think it's
1: like O'Callaghan or some bullshit. Oh,
0: right yeah. There. Callahan Auto. Yeah, so <laughs> – when Callahan Otto comes in, <laughs> he's
1: just like, he's like, I you thought, never no, wait, thought no, it's, about it's, it's Halloween. Not, oh, anything. It's Cochran.
0: Cochran. That makes Cochran, sense. Cochran. Yeah. Right. So he comes in and he's just doing his Republican thing. You never thought about sending out children out in masks to beg for candy. A handout. How you coming? Up? Right. When he starts right. doing his Republican thing, it's funny, though, because it's this series, again, is taking on something that's right in our own homes. Right. We all experience Halloween. We all send our kids out into the night surrounded by people in fucking masks and just assume everything will be okay people are dressed as murderers ghouls carrying chainsaws and whatever and we're just like there's no chance that someone's actually going to kill someone right and so that idea of this is something that you have lost sight of and let into your own home right right that's that's a cool theme man i I
1: mean i think that's what's interesting in general about halloween and i think that's why like this is the only sequel that john carpenter and deborah hill came back for yeah and i think that's the really interesting thing about halloween and that's why they wanted to do this this way is because there's so much about like halloween in general as it is now is dangerous Mm. like you should you feel that danger and you feel that tension as you move on with your day as you move on through the day like i remember even being like I remember as a kid. Even then, there were still those stories about like razor blades and in, in people's candy and shit. Well, they like, showed that
0: in Halloween too, right?
1: Yeah, it is a myth. It's a right? myth, but nevertheless, like it's still. I remember. Well, no, because I, we, if
0: you look, if you look up the story about where that came from, it's actually scarier, right? It was a guy who killed his own family.
1: Yeah, it's horrifying.
0: It, oh my god, it's it's horrifying. I mean,
1: I remember yeah. when I was I remember when we were living in Washington, we were living in Washington DC for a little bit when I was a kid, and I remember one Halloween specifically, my parents checked through all my candy to make sure nobody had like like they combed through it and at, like with gloves to make sure no one had actually done anything to it cuz there was like rumors going around in my neighborhood that people had fucked with kids candy. Like That's the kind of stuff that – but that's the kind of stuff that makes Halloween a little dangerous. And that's what I've always really liked about this movie is that it's taking Halloween as the – it's taking Halloween as the fear. Halloween is the iconography we're diving into, not, oh, Michael Myers is here. Like I like that that's what – I like that that's what this movie focuses on and this movie preys on the fear of – Halloween, not not Halloween, that seems like it should be in control, being completely out of control.
0: Yeah. And that's the strange thing is it is just this slowly invading force, right? It's we see it in their house. This mom bought mask. The kids bobbing up and down in front of the commercial on the TV is one of the more horrific things in the film because you're like, fuck, I have kids and all of us parents do the thing sometimes that I think we hate ourselves for, which is like, God damn, just watch anything. Just shut up. Please don't be horrible. Watch any show you want, and you see the power of TV to just make your kids little zombie drones, right? And so it's this scary right. thing, but he's too busy thinking about who uh, is mourning enough for him to hook up with in a shitty motel to really care about what's happening with his own children. and by the time he does it's it's way too late, right and right. And so that slowly creeping thing of you have just left your house open, your family open, right. Because there's right. that cool moment in the factory when he somehow beats one of the men in gray in fisticuffs and rips his guts out. And it's just like goop and wires, right? And instead of two more guys come and just put a hand on him, instead of going John Wick on him, he just stops. Yeah. And there, right. I love that moment because it's this man who probably thinks he has all the answers, was bored with his life. He's like, I got to go out and fuck a bunch and be cool. You know, I'm I'm a cool doctor. I'm one of those. I to go guys. out,
1: yeah. grab a sixer. Yeah, I have this, lady this mustache who definitely you know. packs lingerie. Yeah,
0: I share bottles I with uh, weird, crazy people. Like I'm that guy. I'm the X Factor friend. You know that, <laughs> right? And that guy in that moment, right when he sinks, it's one of my favorite scenes in the film. Because when he sinks, and the other men in gray just pull him off, right, and the O'Doyle's just start talking to him like it's nothing. You just see this man who is a man of science, and he thinks he's got it all figured out. Just be like oh my fucking god like the the mask of the entire world has been lifted Mm -hmm. and he is so overwhelmed because then you match it with the shot when we see the uh the Bumblefuck family in the rv right they go into the the testing laboratory and they're just being normal dipshit family right and the kids puts his mask on and his fucking face starts melting into snakes and whatever awesome And Tom Atkins' character is just watching and he's so sweaty, right? And he just goes and shakes his hands at whatever God exists or now doesn't like, whatever. He's shaking his hands at the whole universe because he's so lost and befuddled in this moment. And I was like, that is the cool thing of this movie, right? Is we have just unmasked everything this guy thought he knew. And it's, right. it's really a fascinating place to take this movie. I really like the way they rolled this stuff out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's the kind of science fiction that I like to watch. Like, it's the kind of science fiction where people have no idea what they're actually doing. Like, it's grappling with the power of the gods. And I like that it's under the guise of Halloween, under the guise of... Something that is seemingly innocent, like children's masks and that kind of thing, like that's the kind of stuff that I think is what makes this movie pretty exceptional, actually. And yes, there are parts of it that are fucking ridiculous. Like again, I go back to the very beginning of the movie when the doctor literally pats that woman on the ass and he's like, "Like seriously, I'd fuck you, but I'm married." And I'm like, "Really? That's going to stop you right now? Come "Come on, bro!" (laughs) Like. (laughs) Also, you're not going to stop, so I don't God. know what the problem is.
0: Well, the and best again, part of the opening was the uh, the randomly put-upon gas station owner. Oh, my God. He was just dude, like, was why the do best. these fucking people keep coming to my gas station? Because I love that when he's like, the the guy wakes up, and he's like, oh, and he's freaking out on the bed, <laughs> and that dude is just, like, walk-jogging out of the hospital as fast as he fucking can, cause he's like, nope, I don't know what the fuck this guy got himself into. Not my shit. I'm going back to my gas station and TV. <laughs> and I was like, that's the most relatable dude.
1: Yeah. That guy knows movie. what's going on in this world. That <laughs> right, guy and then is the, already and Tom
0: Atkins wanders in. I was like, is this some kind of like, this is the airplane on lost Island. This is the entry point to this fucking bunkers. Reality is this poor man. That guy's
1: for sure. Seen the mask. He knows what the deal is. He's like, fuck this. I'm getting out of here. Silver shamrock's on it. I'm out. Like, that's the kind of guy we all should be in the movies Yeah, that none of us are.
0: But that's what it, I, I mean, the the way Shamrock operates though is cool because even that last moment, right, when he's like, Take the commercials off. Right. And they get oh, two of the what three a great networks.
1: Ending to this movie. Oh my god. It's one oh of the greats because you can't
0: get the third network. And again, it's this there's so much saturation, right? One that yeah. all of us are so caught up in the capitalist system, if some kid gets a shamrock mask, you can't let your kid be the only one without a shamrock mask. You can't have those liquor store masks that Tom Atkins bought for his kids, right? right you have to get one so you're the scene when they're all marching across the different parts of the country was truly Mm -hmm. horrifying so you're like we all have to be the parent that buys that right every thanksgiving there's a fucking toy that people are trampling each other to death to get that's just how this goes right so it's a saturation of product and then these fucking ads that are constantly watch 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 it's a giveaway giveaway even though everyone has these fucking things right so there is this saturation. So even when the two go offline, there's still a network that's not doing it. And when Tom Atkins looks down the barrel of the lens and screams, you get the sense that those kids' faces in front of him are fucking melting. Yes. And by proxy, the Spider-Man rule, right? If they have that mask on, anyone can be under it. His own right. fucking children are rotting in front of his eyes.
1: It's awesome.
0: It's, it's, truly, it's a fucking hammered punch, man.
1: I'm going to tell you right now, that is the scariest ending of any fucking Halloween movie. Oh, yeah. In this in this franchise, that's the scariest fucking ending. And they never were able to capture anything scarier than that. I don't know well, why. Well, Michael
0: not being there and breathing as we go from house to house is probably still my favorite. Jamie is I mean, like a low-key rendition of that, which is cool. But, yeah, this just, one is... But,
1: this one ha- like that is true terror man like again yeah like what this movie understands about what makes I guess I would say the first two installments of the Michael Myers story scary is the unknowing the unknowing of why Michael Myers is doing what he's doing like we just know that by the end of the second one we know that him and Laurie are related mm-hmm. but I mean, you just know he's evil. That's all you yeah. have. Like, well, why he's did he start evil? killing his yeah. sisters? Yeah, that's all you got. Like, you just have Donald Pleasance. Uh, what well, uh, a Donald Pleasance! You know, doing his Loomis thing and you know, screaming evil nonstop. But that's it. So, like, what this movie takes and borrows from the first two is the unknowing of what's behind the mask, like you were saying. But then also the real terror of the unknown evil out there. Like that's the crazy thing. And I think that's the, and then not only then on top of all that you have the family aspect, which again is always going to be, in my opinion, probably the thing that is more frightening than anything about the Halloween movies is the familial issues that go on. Like we never really know what they are and they're pretty muddy by like Rob zombie times. Although Rob zombie does a much better job of actually like refining his, that, that a little bit. Yeah, but,
0: he, he literally hits us with the Brillo pad of abusive family and behavior. Right, it's, like, he,
1: like, actually him. wants to explore that. I like that Season of the Witch kind of reinforces that fear of fear of loss of family. Right. And fear of family, no less. Well, it again,
0: it's, it's cool. imagine what we're seeing, right? Again, at the end of Halloween 1, which is probably still my favorite, Michael is breathing as they show us living room, right. laundry room, how, places where we live, right? This evil is everywhere. At the end of this movie, as Tom Hacken screams down the barrel of the lens, we are left to imagine so much, right? We've seen children marching all over the fucking country with this mask, right? So not only are his kids dead, how many? How many fucking dead children are filling America the morning after, right? How? I mean, is this a mountain of dead children? Is this a million dead children? I mean, and this that's is... what I mean, imagine, a fucking imagine what the implications of this film are, right? Because we've seen a lot of horror movies where a lot of bad things happen, right? This is the movie that says, hey, imagine if half, 60% of all American children are dead tomorrow. Right. And imagine what that means for the parents and their families and society. And now we have to know, but... They were defeated by these masks, but there's some kind of extra force that's making snakes and whatever the fuck. How many parents are dead from snake bites or varmint attacks, whatever, right? So that the long reaching of this is a society could be over as we know it. This is uh, there could be other elder gods that we have forgotten coming back to claim this land. This of all the horror movies I've ever seen might have some of the biggest. I mean, Cabin in the Woods kind of does it. But that's a little more meta and funny, right? Right. This might have some of the biggest stakes of any horror movie ever. And I think we just kind of gloss over what that next day feels like.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's like the thing that I focused on the most is I was like, that third net who's watching Fox right now? That's terrifying, you know? <laughs> like, that's like that's the real fear. Is
0: <laughs> yeah, which network was the one that didn't turn it up? I mean, Fox let's Beers. be real. It's Fox. It's like, you're not pinching on our freedoms.
1: Well, it's like Fox. And then also, what would that be like? You know, hey, 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 hey. Listen, that little mechanical football guy is not going to run himself during Monday night football. All right. So you guys <laughs> have to deal with it. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> which network was Sorry, it? I... Yeah. If you had to guess which network said, fuck you, we're going to play the thing that might kill all the children. <laughs> Take a wild guess. Um To be fair, they all would if they could make a dollar.
1: (laughs) But either way, I'd buy that. The implications are huge, and it's also—I mean, again—that's what makes it, in my opinion, far scarier than most of the other Halloween movies I've seen. Like, infinitely more horrifying in a lot of ways.
0: Well, also this one—it's like just don't be in Haddonfield and don't be related to Michael Myers. Like I said before, just be in a hot air balloon for twenty-four hours, and you're fucking fine. Uh, This one is. Because this one's going after your children. It's Mm -hmm. just feeding on all of these problems we have as a society. It's really fucked up. One of the things I liked is that, well, one, they didn't secure the bag. They just had their fucking uh, murder laser buttons just laying (laughs) out in a box, and he just made it rain on them like little bitches. And he just was like, (laughs) boop, 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 boop. And then he's like, make it rain. And they all started dying. And a portal to Stonehenge opened. Again, the Raiders of the Lost Ark ending cool i'm cool with all that the shot i had forgotten is that he turns into somewhat a paper mache man yes so then we're like was he ever a real man is this some kind of he was a puppet from the whole jump that scene was one of those things i had completely forgotten about in the film that really almost wigged me out because i have a theory for you too and this kind of reinforces it I wonder if his girlfriend was actually a drone the entire movie. Could
1: be. I'd buy that. Because here's the weird thing, So when they rip her father's nose. Not the craziest thing I would have thought.
0: They rip her father's nose, right? It looks almost like the blood is orange. I thought it was like fucking pumpkin juice, right? When he wipes it on the curtain, it's a little more blood-like, right? So take that out. So this guy knows a doctor, has seen all this shit, right? Right. The question is, is like, why not let the derelict father alcoholic guy just sit? But let's assume you're a go-getter and you're like, I'm really into tying up loose knots. So all of a sudden this girl appears. Right. Right. And she just, because this is the thing. Was she a drone the whole time or from when she entered the bar on? Did she get got and then at the bar when she enters? Right. Because why does she go to this guy? Why does she then take him to the father's joke shop and be like, hey, look at these immaculate records. Oh, it must be this one city, this weird, strange city. Uh, Leads him there. And then, mourning and full of grief, right? She says, we've got to go to the factory right away. Maybe bringing him in already. Or he's like, or. And she's like, ah, fuck. Yes, I'll seduce him with, with fuckery. Right. and then will So you're move saying on.
1: that she's like she's like Grandpa Joe with pumpkin juice. That's just like yeah. She,
0: I think she's honey potting him, right? Because she's honey
1: I could buy that. They want to get sense. him
0: close and see if he's going to push this thing or let it go, because they've only got two or three days. They just need to make sure he's not out in the world on TV saying, "Well, there was a silver shamrock mask." He's right. drunk. He's a loose pistol, right? How do you right. seduce him? They're like, "Oh, well, he's dying for any excuse to not hang out with his children." <laughs> So send in a lady in a six pack and he will throw his whole life away.
1: Right? See I'm w- see I'm with you on this. This is why we needed Rob here because he needed to be the one to come back and be like uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, like we needed. No,
0: Rob would be with me because Rob brought up one of the key elements, right? That's so they true. they fuck and then he's like I got to go get more liquor to share with the, a wild unwashed man. He comes back and she's in the 90. And I was like, she did not have that with her. And if she did, that means she knew what she was coming for. Is that something you would truly bring to your murdered father's funeral? Oh, shit. You're
1: right. Rob did right? bring
0: this up. Rob brought Dude, that up. And I was like, is that's part the of her, fucking That's evidence. part of her
1: scheme. Okay,
0: right. Yeah. Or she didn't have it. And the fucking crew, right? The lab coat guys came and like repurposed her. So that when Holy he got shit. back and he's like, hey, man, I heard some crazy rumors. She's like, or titties and he's like he totally got
1: he totally got honey potted
0: yeah he got honey potted yep is my theory i
1: mean this movie's got a lot more layers than i think many people give it credit for
0: yeah i that was something i wondered because at the end she's clearly a drone that kills him right Right. or tries to kill him and he beats her up and you know gets rid of her right almost as if he's vanquishing the sin of i never should have come to fucks you i should have been protecting my family (laughs) Right? Right. Here's the scene that I think hammers this theory home. When he goes to try to call the cops, right? We're talking about fucking two minutes, three minutes. How long do you think he's in there? Let's say 10 minutes, right? Give him a real big window.
1: Okay, let's do 10.
0: He comes back. She's already gone out of the room. It doesn't appear like the whole room was tossed and destroyed or anything like that. Next thing you know, he turns around. All the men in gray are there, right? We don't see a car peeling out. We don't see her screaming. We never hear her scream, period, right? She would probably have seen them coming into the room. They'd have to force their way in, grab her. She'd have time to scream or something. Nothing. She's just gone. The next time we see her, she's fully fine, not bruised, not beaten, laying on the table to be worked upon, right? Or she was deactivated. I think she got called home in that minute, right? That the moment he goes to call the cops... Shut it down. Bring her fucking in. Right? Right. The one scene that is a bit of a wrench in this is when she runs at the green car in the factory. Eh.
1: I wouldn't go about I wouldn't say a wrench. I mean, you know, there's plenty of people who go against who fight against their programming. I mean, how do you think we got vision? Whoa, like, it's the whole true. thing, you know?
0: So that's the thing. Is she one of the, the fucking pumpkin juice boys or is she... Some other form of... I think
1: she's possibly, maybe she's not even, hang on, maybe she's not even a robot. Maybe she is actually one of, like, the Stonehengean aliens.
0: Well, at the end, she's a robot, right? We see, like, her wires and shit. The very last bit of her is robot.
1: Right, but maybe it was...
0: I like to think she was a robot the whole time, though.
1: Okay, let's say she's a robot the whole time, but let's say maybe her programming was a little tweaked by Stonehenge, perhaps? Mm -hmm. Maybe she's not as autonomous as the rest of them?
0: Oh, when she got close to the stone. Perhaps. The other things near the stone were functioning. Or maybe this was one of those, she's just going to play along, right? Maybe she's a robot trying to play a part. The rest of them have no emotion. So the fact that she's showing emotion, she would be a different version maybe she's closer to this hybrid because that was one of the cool things in the elevator right when he's like look they're impressive aren't they it's like at the end it's really just another mask right Right. maybe this is the next step right because that becomes the other question i have at the end of the movie is what is o'doyle's uh alcohol free beer guy going to do the morning after if his (sighs) ruse works what is Jeez. is he just come out as the grand poobah, like I murdered your children right or is he like fortifying his castle? Is Maybe everyone like, comes to murder him or see I
1: see and this was my question to the end too is I'm like I still this was like actually the part I didn't like about the movie at all is like I got to the end of the movie I'm like what was the point of most of that like that was the issue mean? I came to like so you I get this that it's again like gets ri- back I,
0: to the Indiana Jones where. Indiana Jones can literally not exist in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that movie happens the exact same way. The Nazis find the Ark, take it to the island, open Get it, their and they melted. all fucking melt. Right. Indiana Jones has no narrative impact on that except for to give us things to watch until the Nazis melt their face off. Right. And you're I saying all- that that's how this movie is? A little bit? Well, the question is... is I'm still uh, very Jerry O'Connell's grandpa. Final. Willing to, is he want to be a sacrifice at the end? Is he called home? Is that what Stonehenge is doing, anyways? When he turns into the the puppet man. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but also, you know what? This is one of those things that we do on this show a lot: is we take really small moments in films and extrapolate them out into wild theories. True. I think one of the cool things about, again, I think this is just one of those fun, like, pulpy paperbacks where it's just anything that is just a little bit unusual and off adds more to the mystique of what this movie's doing, right?
1: Right. I mean, I think that this is, again, it's like I said in the beginning, I like that this movie is like a big run-on sentence. Right. And people just keep throwing shit in. And like, then there's it's titties,
0: and then there's a robot, and then they get drunk. And then there's drunk, robots, and then and there's, then there's, there's Stonehenge, match.
1: and then there's a laser. and melts a lady's face off, and they have pumpkin juice inside them, and there's robots still. And yeah. then there's masks, and those have, like, it's just like a kid constantly. It's like yeah. they sat down with a little kid and just pitched, and he just pitched a bunch of different ideas. They're like, uh-huh, got it, got it.
0: Got and kid. it fucking works, though.
1: It does. It's, it's a, does a really, really fun I know, fucking cause,
0: movie. Because I know Rob loves this movie, but at the start of the show, he just kept saying how bad it is. And again, I think there are some director issues. It's a little choppy in its pacing. Things like that. Sure. But I've never been one of those where a movie like this that's just trying to kind of be weird and out there, I will give you a lot of leeway on things like that, right? If you hammer yeah. home the things you're supposed to, right? The gore, you hammer home the mask transformation they invented one of the most horrific songs in movie history that fucking silver shamrock commercial oh my god uh they nailed these kind of big themes at the end which you did not think watching that movie they were going to stick the landing and they fucking stuck the landing yeah, it's i was like i'll give you some leeway on the the fucking dick and shoes two seconds too late shot like that's fine i don't my thing is is if you're just watching this as its own little story it's large in scale the characters are at least captivating to watch if not somewhat baffling and the idea of it and the effects of it are really fun and haunting i i as i've gotten older i appreciate what this movie was trying to do instead of being mad at what it didn't do i guess is the way i think of halloween 3
1: i mean that's exactly what it is like I think you really have to celebrate this movie for yeah, you, know, you put it best, for what it does rather than what it doesn't. It's exactly what I want out of a Halloween movie in general, which is I not I don't know what to expect going in and even yeah. with expectations of Michael Myers stuff mm. we that we've had over the last uh, you know with the first two particularly I still want to be surprised. I I don't yeah. want to necessarily get stuck. So i i I appreciate the season of the witch for what it is
0: but that's what i mean especially as we're doing these 11 halloweens we've done a lot of these movies it is cool to instead of oh michael's hunting witch relative oh the mask is it good or bad in this one you're like stonehenge men in gray mask melting you're like it's just it's it's a breath of fresh air and not only is it weird for the halloween series it's just weird for a movie, period. And I, I always default to weird and interesting above all else in movies, especially a sequel in a weird franchise. I think it's an actual miracle that this movie exists. I get why it's not everyone's jam. Sure. But I just think it's a really captivating movie. Then every time I watch it, I find a weird extra it's element. Fun. Today was the, oh, the girlfriend was a pod person the whole time. Like I said, Rob was watching with his lady friend and he noticed the lingerie. I didn't notice it, but boom, it adds to my theory. It's just one of those movies that always makes a more interesting choice than you think it does. That's it, guys, for Halloween Season of the Witch. Tomorrow, Michael Myers returns. The return of Michael Myers Halloween 4. Uh, As we barrel on through this October, all of our horror movie madness. Again, uh, go back and find the ones we've done. We've already done Scream and a, a host of our guest shows. We have all of the Halloween series, all of Candyman, all of Evil Dead, The Shining, Dr. Sleep, and more awesome guests coming up. Uh, Please take a second leave a rating and review. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. You can email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. And get at us on the socials, guys. Uh, Man. Rob's internet, R.I.P. Dude. Sorry, you got. Special
1: thanks to Rob Parr for coming on the show. uh that was easily (laughs) the best way for anyone to explain season of the witch. In the middle of it, he got
0: Stonehenge. Yeah, he just texts us and he's like, "I got Stonehenge magic to (laughs) mount." It was eventful, Rob. Um, yeah, I hope your Walmart trashy novel and your Karen hotel room was worth it, my friend.